Hi, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieV47, from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? No, but all 350 pounds of my muscle are. Hmm. To listen to this show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. We're talking the spot. Yeah, we are. Talking the spot. Here's a funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> You remember uh, when we were doing the ro- the rocket racer episode, mm-hmm. and we were like, the internet a lot, a lot of places on the internet, at least like you know fan pages and fan wikis and stuff, say that like they considered Rocket Racer to be like the worst episode of the show, um, possibly yeah. second only to one other episode. And we were like, what the fuck are you weirdos talking about? Um, I think, and I think we had some 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 rationale for like why that maybe was the case. Sure. Um, this is the other one that that comes up as being. Um, according to wikis, like quote considered to be the worst episode of the show end quote. Um, and it's another case where I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's such a dumb, I don't know. I disagree. I don't even know. I don't even know why they say that, but I disagree. And I'm sure I can come up with rationale just like we did for the other one, but it's it's just not. (laughs) And I think that anytime it's ever brought up, it's mostly just because like, I'm going to link the spot. He's silly. And it's like, yeah, that has nothing to do with the quality of the episode. You are, but also, but also the episode is like, yeah, isn't the spot silly. This is fun. Like the episode knows that the spot is silly and embraces that and makes the episode fun because he is silly. Like he's not, uh, he's not, I don't think, I don't think ever in any, in any version of him has ever been like, isn't this dude like fucking cool? Like, no, the spots like a dude that's covered in spots that makes portals and it's fun. Like that's always been the point. And so I don't really, so, and if you don't like jibe with that, then that's fine. But then, yeah, like you said, that doesn't make the episode bad. I think this is actually like, I really, really enjoyed this episode quite a lot, actually. I think if anything, this episode's biggest quote fault is that it's, it's sort of uh, unremarkable, but yeah, not I think so. bad. It, like it doesn't really, I don't think it really has faults other than yeah, not really standing out that much. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> like, like it's just a standard, solid superhero episode that actually plays into what's going on in the series. It's not even yeah. like outside the events of what's currently happening. It actually plays in quite well, which surprised me. I assume this would be, a standalone based on how people talk about it mm-hmm. i assume this would be a standalone unconnected like you know weird outlier of an episode and it really is not that <laughs> yeah i think like honestly I and mean, we well, we can get we'll get into it but like 
really my, my biggest like problem with the episode is more that I think that when it's at its best is when it's actually like having fun and being sort of silly and playing with the idea of a villain that like isn't a killer and isn't that serious, you know, isn't isn't actually a villain and having fun with that. And I do think that its place in the season makes sense as sort of a breather episode because the season does not to spoil it if, if you're like unaware or forgot, but like the season has a pretty dark ending. So like, I think, I think this, this episode's placement as just sort of a fun breather episode makes a lot of sense just before getting into the darker stuff of the next couple episodes. Um, and I kind of wish that they'd pushed it more in that direction and made it even more, even sillier. I think like some of the tragedy of it, that does make it more of a very standard superhero story. Like, I think kind of drags it down. I think they could have made it a little more fun and a little less, a little less tragic. And I think it would have been kind of a classic episode. And I think that if they did that, people would have honestly hated it more because, because at this point, uh, Who do you think Spider-Man is a joke, Derek? Yeah, comic book nerds hated, hated fun stuff and thought it had to be serious. I think people would be more forgiving or not even forgiving. I think people would embrace it a lot more now because people actually like, like a lot of the sillier deep cuts. I think the fact that the spot is a character that you're doing on a '90s Spider-Man show is fucking cool because that's not a that's it's it's not a character anyone was clamoring to see, but it's fun. It's a fun pull to have, especially given how his power set like plays into the show. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a really clever use of him and everything. And it's like I, if anything, I just wish they would have pushed the the fun, like I don't know, comedy aspect of it a little more. Um, but. You know, instead, it just like you said, it's just a pretty run of the mill superhero episode, which is fine, but it's fun. You know, it's just so funny to me when an episode that I watch that I walk away feeling like that was incredibly inoffensive seems to offend the entirety of like Spider-Man nerds on the Internet. Like Like, literally, what is there to be offended by? Right. right. Nothing is. And and like, again, that's I mean, if anything, that's the problem is there's like. I don't have strong feelings either way. Like a lot of shows will, a lot of entertainment in general will tell you the worst thing you can do is like elicit no strong feelings. What I don't understand is why anyone has strong feelings about this episode. You know, like what are you mad at? If I were mad with you, I would get it, but I'm not. At worst, you could say it's forgettable, but I don't know if I'd even say that just because no, at least, it like, uses the such spot, a unique villain. Yeah, the spot is so striking that like you can't really like I never forgot that the spot was in this show. I never had any love or love or hate for him either way. Like I didn't really care about this episode as a kid. And I think going, going forward, I don't think I'm going to be looking back on the spot one way or another either, but like, I'm never going to forget that it happened because I think it is just a cool pull to -hmm. have the spot in an episode of this show at all, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately I'm just pleasantly surprised at how integrated it is into what's going on. So for me, it was, it was a net positive. Yeah, y'all are fucking weird ass nerds. And you know, a lot of that stuff I think is from what people were saying on the internet in the late 90s to early 2000s. And, sure. And it was a different time, and I think that people probably have different opinions. And maybe some of the nerds who said that don't even remember that they said it come come now, you sure. know. Um it's but 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 that is a thing that is documented on fan wikis and I don't know TV tropes right. or whatever. So then so people like, who are looking at it then yeah. adopt that as their own. Right sort of belief about what this is. It becomes the legend of the episode without it actually being part of the episode. (laughs) And it probably just came from like 
a couple of a couple of nerds on a forum or or I know that there's reviews that said that like we pull a lot from Marvel Animation Age because they they do great they did great interviews at the time but I think the reviews probably perpetuated this but be, and because so few people were writing about this show at the time because critics mm-hmm. weren't taking children's TV seriously you know yeah. um and writing about it critically the only you only are going to have a few places that sort of are are notable that have credibility in terms of like criticism on the internet and so those are kind of going to become gospel and it's like it's cool if the dude who wrote the review didn't like it but like that's not that's weird that that became the thing that is put on wikis as being just the general consensus so yeah i don't know honestly here's a soapbox for you hey fan wikis Stop putting stuff like that on the wiki. Yeah, it's that not information. Need to be there. <laughs> if it's not ratings or qual- if it's not quantifiable in some sort of way, don't put it there. Like <laughs> it doesn't. Right. Unless you're, you're dedicating a section to actual critic reviews. Yeah. Which are a specific category of criticism, then like, don't. Like it's so weird when I end up on a fan wiki and people are like. This is widely considered one of the least popular villains in this series. I'm like, By who? According to whom? What? Like, <laughs> what? 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 Uh, where did what that poll, come from? What statistic do you have based on like? Yeah, a, you know, a, a wide poll that you did. Like, which, right? You I, better it, sift through a lot of stuff, publish a blog post, and then cite yourself. Like, yeah. I, like you need something to back that type of bullshit right. up. <laughs> right. It's really. I mean, and it's like, and I think it does come from the sort of the old school nerd mentality that I do think is gradually dying down more and more just for one, because all the conversations are a lot more fragmented. Now there's not like one big fandom space for any given thing. Um, And, and, and I think people are recognizing that like different audiences are going to have different reactions to different things. There is no one reaction. Right. And there doesn't need to be, and we shouldn't be looking for the one reaction to a piece of media. Right. Right. Anyway, that's, that's our soapbox for this episode. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's Stop not going to be... fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. From two fucking nerds. About, about fucking <laughs> Rocket Racer and The Spot, of all things. Like, that's going to be the hill you're going to die on? Okay, guys. And I say guys because you know it's like all men. Yeah, no, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're pretty much exclusively speaking to men. <laughs> At me, I don't care. <laughs> whatever i'm feeling very punchy tonight we're feisty much much <laughs> like the the fists that come through the portals and connect with the spot which we rarely see fists connect on this show yeah. so this episode actually rules because spider-man punches somebody yeah so, like what <laughs> what now <laughs> yeah. yeah checkmate <laughs> <laughs> I do have um I do have a fun quote this uh from Jim Creek who wrote this episode with Marvel Animation Age about this one um I, I honestly was surprised that like anybody was really talking about this episode and I think probably the question was asked because it's sort of like so the spot was a weird thing to have right like what was it like to to include that and Jim says what we all kind of thought. He says, well, I think we introduced mm-hmm. him just to make an excuse for those interdimensional portals that we used over and over again in lieu of killing people, which genius move, honestly. Sure. I would say. Why not? I mean, my only complaint is that you didn't introduce Dr. Own like one yeah, episode yeah. earlier, you yeah. know, like other than that, like this is clever. This is yeah. a smart idea. Um, he says <laughs> he was such a silly character uh, that the only thing I remember about writing <laughs> was that was trying to jam in as many puns off the word spot into the script that hit the spot, stuff like huh. that. 
almost like he wasn't trying to take it too yeah. seriously because it's the right, spot. Exactly. <laughs> um, he actually adds Mark Hoffmeyer actually wrote that outline. I just wrote the teleplay, even though Hoffmeyer is not credited uh, for the story of this episode, hmm. oddly enough. Um, and we said in interviews past that, like, he was one that, like, would do all the p- comedy punch-ups. Like, he was kind of their improv and comedy guy on staff that would make things a lot funnier. Um, and you definitely see sure. that in this episode, because I do think that, like, if nothing else, this is generally a pretty funny episode in terms of, like, just the the pu- the ratio of puns <laughs> in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah, but, it, but it's odd that he wasn't credited. I don't really understand why that was the case. But uh, uh but either way, uh, Jim says it was a real team effort on TAS. John called all the shots, but story outlines usually went through the hands of an uncredited staff writer or two before going to script. I think people should be credited. I know oh. often often like I mean that like yeah. that answers the question, but it's still like mm, should still be credited. I think that's better no, now. I, I think I think there's there's always weird like writers guild things or like who wants to win an award for things like you know, um, sure. I, I think those, there's a lot of politics that are often involved, but it's also and I, but it's also like personally, everybody who touches a script should be credited, and I think a lot of places are better about that. Credit but, everybody, yeah, whatever. I would, I would prefer if you know there were 1,500 people involved, you credit 1,500 mm-hmm. people, put every single yeah. name on there. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I love seeing the person credited for like walking so and so's dog who was on yeah. set every day. Credit that person integral part of it's, the production it's inconsistent <laughs> like based on productions too because it's yeah. sort of like you'll see some movies where they're credited prominent credited screenwriters who wrote like an outline of the script like five versions ago and nothing from what they wrote or on yeah it. like that happens all the time you know and, and but it's also oh, like totally. yeah i would rather the writer gets credited and gets paid for something for work that they did like years ago that has no impact on the story than accredited who did do work on it. That gets no credits and potentially mm-hmm. less, you know, residuals or something depending on how all that's worked. Totally. Out, so much more eloquent way yeah. of putting it yeah. for sure. That what eloquent, Derek said, sure. that. that's uh, <laughs> nothing that I've ever said is ever been eloquent. <laughs> all these soap soap boxes tonight, man, I'm feeling so punchy. <laughs> so anyway uh like we said before the series is available on disney plus purchased on digital platforms this episode is available on the return of the green goblin dvd set wow spoilers. i know right <laughs> <laughs> uh this episode we're talking about is spider-man the animated series season three episode 12 entitled the sins of the fathers chapter 12 the spot the synopsis per IMDb is after Tony Stark eliminates Dr. Owen's research on dimensions, Owen makes a deal with the Kingpin. After a malfunction in his new lab, Owen is sucked into another dimension and becomes a powerful being known as the Spot. <sighs> the original air date for this episode, God, these fucking air date things. Um, we had a conversation on the Venom Returns and Carnage episode all mm-hmm. about weird air date madness. Um, this one has has three potential air dates, and I couldn't figure out which. I'm there. You could do super in depth research to figure it out, but nobody here cares that much. So I'm going to give you all three, and you can decide which one it is. IMDb listed as November 9th, which we're pretty sure is wrong because this was we know aired out of order. Um, whether it was aired on October 26th which many wikis currently list or October 19th, which Marvel animation age lists. Um, I don't know which one is true either way. It was aired in 1996. We know that for sure. Uh, for more on that, just listen to our venom returns episode. We have a whole conversation about the air date wackiness and the records are all messed up. 
I'm sure there's a way to figure it out, but I'm not going to a fucking library and getting like microfiche for TV listings. So, wow. <laughs> Are you even oh, a podcaster? <laughs> Everyone was looking to us for us to find the true answer, but nope. Sorry. I know. Um, like I said, this episode was written by Jim Krieg. Uh, or at least that's who it was credited to is Jim Krieg. And I, I, uh, I buy it cause it's a clean episode that, doesn't have a whole lot of stuff to really like pick apart, which I feel like has kind of been our experience with stuff that he's been explicitly credited mm-hmm. with yeah. doing. Uh, he does he does clean yeah. work, Jim Creek. <laughs> That's a pattern I've noticed, and I appreciate yep. it. Uh, a couple characters here worth spotlighting. <laughs> spotlighting. Oh. Uh, Dr. Jonathan Owen, a.k.a. The Spot, who was voiced by Oliver Moorhead. Uh, at the time of this series, like when this series was airing in the 90s, apparently... Folks might have recognized him from a series of Tombstone Pizza commercials. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I will say, before I get into some of the other stuff he's done, when I looked him up, I was like, oh, I know this guy. But then couldn't I couldn't figure out what I knew him from. And when I looked at his credits, I was like, I don't think it's any of these things. So maybe it literally was Tombstone was Pizza commercials. I don't know. Uh, anyway, he did appear in The Spy Who Shagged Me, which I haven't seen, really. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be that. Uh, he was in National Treasure Book of Secrets. Haven't seen that, so it wouldn't have been that. And he was in The Social Network, which I did see, but do not remember him yeah. from. So I really have no idea why this guy is so recognizable to me. Um, he also makes appearances in a number of television shows like Friends, Buffy, Married with Children, Gilmore Girls, iCarly, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Good Place, and many, many, many others. Um, he is, I mean, he's a British guy, and he largely plays like sort of stuffy, stuck-up British mm-hmm. guys. So I think like he's often used as... He plays many characters, but he's often turned to for that character. (laughs) So I'm sure I've seen him multiple times in multiple things doing that. Yeah, because I I looked him up too and I was like, yeah, I recognize his face. And I've seen like a a ton of stuff that he's had a guest role in, but I couldn't place exactly what character he is. And it probably is a thing where like your brain registers him because you probably have seen him tons and tons of times just in the background of right. stuff but you just would never be able to like actually place him it's just there because he's he is someone you have literally seen just not significantly enough you know yep that's uh, that's that's all i can attribute it to yeah. you know yeah so. uh, and then this is one of his very few television voice roles he's uh, really only has done mm. a few so it's interesting anytime that happens uh because it always makes me wonder how they ended up on a show mm. like this but the show has all kinds of wacky credit not wacky credits but yeah, unexpected credit yeah. so who knows um he does do like video game voices mm-hmm. i think so uh it's not like this is the only voice sure. work he's ever done the other character dr sylvia lopez uh these two kind of go hand in hand in this episode she was voiced by wanda de jesus uh this sentence is just hilarious to me and probably very normal in context uh she was the fourth actress to play santana andrade on nbc soap opera santa barbara that's amazing the fourth actress to play that character i've never even heard of that soap opera me neither <laughs> and i even, but apparently it had four santana andrades wow i even like watched a little bit of like if i watched any soap operas which i didn't really watch much of mostly passions yeah if i watched any it was it was M- nbc that i was watching on and i still never came across that one that's so funny well i don't know she was on it for like 100 episodes oh and she was God. the fourth person to play this character so it, i it couldn't have been a short series. Soap you know operas what I mean? are, are just. I, it's a whole different world. Amazing. I know nothing about them. Yeah. All I know is that the production is absolutely 
bananas and i can only have respect for it yeah seriously <laughs> i'm just like i'm sorry you you have to learn a script every day <laughs> yeah like, what? couldn't do it i couldn't i couldn't i could not be a soap opera actor like could not it just seems it. so incredibly difficult <laughs> i know i know people are like oh they're such bad actors and i'm sort of like yeah who who wouldn't be like what <laughs> it's such a rapid pace like you wouldn't even remember what you did like four days ago because you've already shot three more episodes yeah. like what, what do you mean they're bad actors? Like, that's hard. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. really hard. <laughs> yep. I went and, 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 and I think that like, it goes, it's also a very specific thing. It's a very whatever. specific thing. And I think it also goes, I think people underestimate how, how big the fan bases for these things are like, Oh yeah. I went, I remember I, I worked at Kings of Minion in high school and I was asked to work at a specific event that they had hosting in one of their like, venues there and um kingsman is a, a theme park if people don't know probably don't because who would fucking know that if you live outside of virginia but i know <laughs> but ohio is a big theme park or amusement park state so we yeah we've got a lay of the land yeah you know the competition yeah, i think there's another there's one in ohio <laughs> that's owned by by cedar park that owns kings dominion now yeah. i think right so but before Cedar Park even owned it, I think it was owned by Paramount at the time. They did a some kind of like guiding light reunion show, like live, <laughs> amazing at, at the venue that I was just like an usher for or whatever. And I was like, "What? What is this?" And I was there. That it was jam fucking packed. Yep. There were so many people there to see this guiding light like live event. And Mm -hmm. I didn't understand anything that was happening, but, and they were cheering. Like it was, I, it was, it was like people who go to Comic-Con and like, you know, freak out over the trailer to the new Avengers movie or whatever. It was like that, you know? And I believe it. Yeah. And it's just like, I think I didn't really recognize until then, like, oh, this, this shit is like real for people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get it. I yeah. get it. I've n- I've never gotten into it and I would be afraid to cuz I feel like I could. No, yeah. You know, depending yeah. on like the right the right soap opera or I'm whatever. I'm sure it's fun and it's um, anytime Exactly. It's such a f- wild fucking ride. It's kind of I feel like it has similar energy to being into quote bad Christmas movies mm-hmm. where you know that everything that's going to happen is going to be ridiculous. Oh yeah. And you're just there you're 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 there for the ride that you know you signed up for. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The only one that I ever, I ever, I wouldn't even say I got into it. The only one I like watched with any regularity with Pat was passions. And I feel like that was like, I hear that a lot. That yeah. was the one that if you didn't like soap operas, you still watched because that one had like demons and magic and mm-hmm. stuff in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <sighs> soap operas, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she was on that. That was by far her sort of biggest and longest role, um, which again, soap opera, not really surprising. If you do a soap opera and you're on it for a long time, you do like a bazillion episodes. Um, she doesn't have a huge litany of credits, though. She was in a handful of episodes of Sons of Anarchy. She's in about a dozen episodes of CSI Miami as a detective. So I've probably actually seen her on screen because I watched a lot of CSI Miami. Um, especially in like high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a series regular on two shows, one called Mariah and one called live shot. Neither of which I know one's from the eighties and one from the nineties. I do not know it. <laughs> so, I don't know. But those are our two sort of featured characters here. This episode's really about those two. Uh, and then Spidey and Kingpin are largely like the players here yeah. with our soap opera cast, you know, sprinkled in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> our spidey soap opera yeah, yeah. 
So I guess we could just dive into this yeah. one then. Um, it opens at Stark Enterprises where Tony Stark is telling Dr. Jonathan Own that his research on interdimensional portals is too dangerous to continue. This is where I do really wish that they had just introduced Dr. Own last episode or mm-hmm. two episodes ago just to even say his name or just to show his picture, say that they were, you know, Stark Enterprises was working with Dr. Jonathan Own yeah. on this type of research. That tiny little thing would have made such a world of difference because then you're introduced to this character and you're like wait so is he doing this separately or is he working for stark and you kind of just have to like yeah put it together like i guess he was working for stark because stark's the one shutting it down so yeah and and it's like was is this is this specifically related to the probe thing from, right. from the venom i mean it's like you can sort of assume that because obviously i think i think the implication uh, is that tony stark saw how dangerous his probe thing was in in the venom two-parter and is like Okay, I'm going to shut down all the projects. The question is yeah, sort of all like interdimensional research. Right. Shut it down. <laughs> the, you know, the question is sort of like, well, was Owen like involved in that specific one that right. we saw in the Venom episode or not? Like, I guess like it ultimately doesn't matter, but it's more like, but it, but it is still like you're opening this this episode with like a weird amount of questions that you don't need mm-hmm. considering that like, oh, I have seen this stuff, but like. I haven't seen this side of it and I don't really know exactly how related, but I know it has, it is a little bit related, yeah. how related. And then none of them are ever answered because it really doesn't matter. It also, anyway. <laughs> it also like maybe in the context of this show specifically, doesn't even have to be, I mean, we want the answers, but it almost doesn't have to, especially when you think of like that first season and this, or the second season rather with like the neogenics of it all, mm-hmm. where it's just like, everything is just about neogenics. Right. Yeah. And there's like all these different players and pieces and they're all connected to it in some way. And then here, you know, it's it's dimension hopping. We've got like magic dimension hopping and we've got Tony Stark's project over sure. here where he's like transporting matter. And then we've got this guy over here trying to travel through like so it's all just that. Um, but the fact that you keep Tony Stark in here just begs those questions, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, anyway. it's, it's one aspect, I think, where like as much as I do like how they've done serialization this season and kind of prefer it to how they did it in the second season, I do think this is like the type of thing where it fails at, where it's like it's little things. There are little things and little nitty gritty things that just sort of bother you about it that makes it feel even though I do think that there's a really good flow of this season. I think that there are things that sort of like bother you that make make it feel like it's more disjointed than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Even though like, yeah, like it makes sense for this to come right after the Venom two-parter and these events to be happening. It's just like little, little details that I wish we had filled in that would make it feel a lot more cohesive. Yeah, totally. Well, Dr. Owen is obviously pissed about this. It's something he's been working on and it's groundbreaking research. So he's grumpy and he's walking home cursing Mr. Moneybags, Tony Stark, which I think is a good image because you kind of have this scientist who's sort of like a working man scientist. Like he's literally walking home carrying all of his stuff uh, versus like Tony Stark billionaire, right? Mm -hmm. As he's walking home carrying all of his stuff, Dr. Own is approached by Kingpin in his limousine uh, who claims to have an offer for Own that he won't be able to refuse, Crime Lord style. uh, And Own... (laughs) decides to join Kingpin in the limo and hear him out. Mm-hmm. Later, Kingpin shows Dr. Owen his new state-of-the-art lab to continue his work, claiming there's much money to be made. Uh, Owen kind of recoils at Kingpin's financial motivation, seemingly ready to reject the offer, um, which is fair because Kingpin is, uh, you know, Fisk is a very intimidating and, and, and 
it's it all seems kind of weird and too good to be true um, and very transparent about the fact that he's in it for money yeah exactly exactly <laughs> he's like not he's not even being manipulative he's yeah, just which like is straight up saying it. point which is like points in dr owns favor at this point because it's sort of uh-huh. like okay you know you do have ethics to you like you you right. did love this for the science and i think that that's that's important to note but his ethics only go but so far because a hot lady walks in and it's what? just sort of like, well, never mind. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be with her. Um, basically, yeah. basically uh, it's Dr. Sylvia Lopez, who we mentioned at the top of the episode, shows up. Um, he clearly has a crush on her and then he immediately agrees to work for Kingpin just because she's hot, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay, Doug. Yeah. My first <laughs> My first my first note for this entire episode is Sylvia's is, hair. Damn, he's right. She is hot. Sylvia's hair is insane. And it's like, so good, though. I just, I don't know. I would like it on a different character, I think. I think I like the hair in a vacuum. I think it does not make any sense for this lady at all. That's my problem with it. I mean, who would it make sense on? On someone who's like a little, like a little more punk rock or like hip. Like this is just like a scientist lady, you know, like she's a cool science. She's not like your regular scientist. She's like a cool scientist. But like, I don't even, how would it really translate <laughs> to real life is the thing that I don't really understand. I think all the, I think if they had put sort of a quirky pair of glasses on her and given her like a patterned shirt, it all would have made like it would have, it, it's, it's. It's a little incongruous with the sort of like basic scientist design they give That's her. That's the thing. But they give that same design to everybody. So but maybe the reason I like it is literally either. just... But she barely has a personality. I guess that's part of the problem is that like, if you're going to give her this hairstyle, that makes her stick out like this. Then like she needs to be, have a little more spunk to her, I think to match it. I just like the, the nothing person that we see in this episode. I just do not see her go into the stylist and being like, yeah, give me the spiky doodad right here. Uh, (laughs) If they're going to give us us a character with like a nothing personality, I'm happy to get some like weird fiery hair that's fair like, that that is you know, fair. otherwise she's completely unremarkable yeah. other than the fact that she's like very pretty yeah you know? she just and like, another i i think original to this is she original to this oh i don't know cartoon i don't know in any case she is another woman of color that has been added to this cartoon and yeah. this cast yeah explicitly so i, I that's that's yeah. i mean i do like that about her um even though she's a nothing character and like yeah, her hair makes her stick out, I guess. Um, She's also seemingly an equal to Dr. Owen, which is cool. That's cool, too. Yeah. Um, Even if she, you know, part of her whole thing is that she's already working for fisk and she's seemingly wrapped up in all that which we get a little bit later, but mm-hmm. um, that's not really her fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, it's a, I, I want to know what the what the thought process was in the choice to design her like that. Cause she's the only character that looks like she's out of an anime. Is it, <laughs> is it supposed to be like kind of, is it supposed to be like strung out hair, but she's also supposed to be pretty. So they didn't go like full strung out. That makes, I, I cannot see that possibly. I don't know. By I'm accident. Just, I'm like brainstorming here. I don't. <laughs> oh, I don't think it's an accident. It just, I don't think any, her hair is definitely not an accident. It's just, yeah, it's such an intentional design that, 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 that was a choice that someone thought thought to give her. And I just want to know what that thought process was. Yeah. I mean, she's at least distinct looking versus like Jonathan own who looks like literally every other man in this show. Uh, He's got the exact same face as the Punisher, honestly, Mm because he's got the exact same eye color and hair color. 
Yep. And the, everybody's facial structure is the same. He's and just, everybody's I, ripped. I think so. he's like maybe like slightly less of a bodybuilder than than uh, than than Punisher <laughs> was, but in terms of like sheer mass, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> so they, they, he agrees to work for Kingpin and this episode, I'm just going to say at this point takes place over the course of about a month from the beginning of it to the end of it. Um, and we don't really get any sort of like timestamps along the way. We just know that time passes. Yeah. So sometime later, probably a couple weeks or so, because they're already in the thick of their research, Landon and Kingpin are watching Owen and Lopez as they work, and Landon questions giving Owen such freedom and resources to kind of, I think as Landon sees it, kind of do whatever he wants. And he's honestly probably a little bit threatened, too, because Landon is now doing weird sciencey stuff, too. But Kingpin's like, no, this is important. If he's able to figure out all this interdimensional travel stuff... I, Kingpin, will be unstoppable. I'll be able to teleport anywhere. I'll be able to steal anything I want, like the White House. Um, and I'll be able to <laughs> take House. anyone, including Spider-Man, by surprise. The White House. Like, I can do whatever I want. The tank thing made sense. The Spider-Man thing made sense. The White House thing is so funny. It's just like, I'm going to steal the entire White House. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most childlike yeah. thing that Kingpin could think of. What you know, where it's like so out of scale it? that you're like, What? I just, yeah, and it just, it made me think there's like a Futurama episode early on where aliens just like steal landmarks and then just like put them all on a beach or whatever. And it's so, it just felt like that where it's just like, like, what are you going to do with the White House? Like, I understand if you want to like kidnap the president and ransom them or something, but the, what are you going to do with the entire White House? Yeah, the whole thing. (laughs) The whole ass White House. Come on, guy. (laughs) I do love the moment where he like pops out of the side of the building behind <laughs> Spider-Man and is like, boo. Yeah. I love hey. yeah, his little, his little fantasy is so cute. It's so funny. I was so surprised they did that. Cause it's like, I don't know. They like, ma- like those are all scenes. They're, they're, they're like scenes of his imagination mm-hmm. and he could have just said all that stuff, but they chose to show it instead, which was fun. Yeah. I think it's really fun too. I agree. <laughs> Well, later at Coney Island, Peter and Mary Jane are on a date, and Mary Jane comments that Peter has recently, over the past month again, been very attentive, and she's been very pleased by that. And Peter kind of confirms this uh, by thinking to himself how weird it is that he hasn't had to really be Spider-Man a whole lot the past month. It's been like a calm month, which of course... He should know means something's going to happen. Why would you say that? Why would you? I know, right? Don't even think it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even acknowledge it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So they're kind of like commenting on that. It actually uh, sort of is affirmed again because nearby we see Felicia and Jason, who I swear has a different face in this scene than he does like at all other times. I don't know. He looks really weird. It's, Maybe it's because he's not dressed up fancy. I think, yeah. But he just looks like a whole different person. Yeah. I think but he looks like good. a whole different person. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're on a date, too, and they're playing a carnival game. Jason wins this, like, weird stuffed spider and comments on, like, ugh, I can't go a single night without a spider interrupting our evening. Because, of course, Felicia has a crush on Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and this prompts, you know, Felicia then to comment also on how absent Spider-Man has been lately. She also was like, I think I, I think the thing that looks like a goblin is really cute. And he's like, oh, interesting. Just saying. Yeah, Felicia is just like the resident, like, monster fucker of the show, mm-hmm. I guess. If you consider Spider-Man a monster. Yeah. Um, and and Morbius. Like, not, but... And Morbius, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and Spider-Man only is because he's like... He, 
nothing about him reads human really yeah. he's like got a mask and like weird pattern yeah so yeah felicia th- monster fucker i also i do think like huh, i hate that i'm saying this but like i find it in- i almost was gonna say points to jason but like i don't this, i don't care about this guy and i don't like him but uh so i don't want to say who that he was but like i do think that it's kind of fun that he is fully aware um and like felicia is fully open about her like Mm-hmm. infatuation with spider-man and he's like not cool with it obviously because he's like i wish you didn't like him and i'm glad that he's not around but i do think it's kind of cool that they just like acknowledge that to each other that like they can be attracted to other people and still be together like on you know <laughs> like i feel like that's <laughs> i know that that's a really charitable but like you never yeah. fucking see that like it's either people are either yeah. like i only have eyes for you or my eyes are wandering and then it's super jealousy and a big blow up about it you know i do think acknowledging that like you can be in a relationship but still be attracted to other people and be open about it i do think is like kind of cool that that's acknowledged again he resents it <laughs> and like openly well, resents it i think that's important to say but he's not like threatening to break up with her over it and i think that that's actually far and above what most tv shows even now honestly do when it comes to like straight relationships you know well, because honestly i think you're kind of assigning something to it that wasn't th- intended to be there i think it's more like my girlfriend has a crush on a superhero and i'm annoyed by it because like he's a fucking superhero and she won't get over it sure. like i don't think that i don't think he's like cool with her being attracted to somebody i think it's more and I don't even think he's annoyed with Spider-Man. I think he's annoyed that his girlfriend, like, it, I think it's it's akin to like a celebrity crush, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I was in a relationship with somebody and I never would stop talking about my celebrity crush, like, that would get annoying. Yeah, but but there <laughs> is a difference that's when you're. What it is. But that is it. But it is. I think it is more than what it is. But I think there is a difference when the celebrity crush, if your celebrity crush does pop up sometimes and you have kissed your celebrity crush. Sure. You know what I mean? Like there is, they, cause Felicia and Spider-Man do have an established like relationship. Like they do know each other. So mm-hmm. like, I think that that, I do think that that also makes a difference. Um, I know I'm like reading too much into it and putting too much. Onto yeah, I was it, gonna, I'm just I not ready think, to give them points for like being progressive about like, but I, I'm, not, I'm not giving them points cause I don't <laughs> think that any of that was intentional, but I do think it's still like seeing it even by accident. I think, I think I always flag that because it is so rare to see, any couple where that, where like it just isn't like instant jealousy over it. Because I think sure. that that's a problem in media of like, not of not showing people that like, yeah, it's okay to have attractions to other people. Like that doesn't mean you've got to end your fucking relationship. Like, what are you doing? Um, you know? So anytime, even if it's like someone could read it like that by watching this. And I think that that's good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's like the, I agree um, with the message that you are currently putting out into the universe, but I I I think you are maybe one of the very few people who would have pulled that message out of this. Yes, so. sure, whatever. <laughs> he's not threatened. To, he's the fact that he's not threatening to break up with her over this is like miles above what I what I expected from this show. I'll just put it that way, which is a bar yeah. in, in hell a situation, but I think it's worth acknowledging. I hear you. <laughs> so we jump back to the lab that Dr. Owen and Dr. Lopez are working in. Uh, and they actually successfully create an interdimensional portal. Uh, Dr. Lopez does warn uh, Dr. Own not to get too close. So naturally uh, he gets sucked into it <laughs> because why else would she warn him if he were not about to immediately yeah. get sucked into it? Then weird dozens of portals spew out of that portal and just sort of like 
anchor themselves at random points throughout New York City and the surrounding area. I'm not going to question any of the science of any of this because because no. <laughs> I don't even know what the portal is, nope. let alone the things it's spewing out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's there's some there's some like frightening imagery though. I think like almost like close to like like frumpian kind of horror where it's just like this sort of unknowable unstoppable force like yeah. portals in the fucking sky like sucking up clouds i think the one that got me was the portal in the river that just like creates like a uh-huh. like a whirlpool and it's just like infinitely sucking in the water you know like that stuff yeah. is pretty wild it is there's like an absurdist like there's an absurdity to it that makes it frightening yeah because it's like the literal frightening how like part of it like there there really would be no way to stop this if dr own mm-hmm. like if dr own just fucking died like there would be no way to stop this like you know maybe so yeah. maybe maybe dr lopez could figure it out eventually but it from for all we know it took the spot to stop all of this so we would have just lived in a, in, in a new york where there was just black holes sucking shit in forever no big deal yeah yeah, I think yeah, I think that's that's just a that's just a wild thing to throw out here. Yeah, <laughs> one of those portals stops over a coaster at Coney Island, where of course Peter and Mary Jane are on their date. Uh, Peter wonders who could be behind it, knowing that Stark shuttered his research. Uh, so he's like, "Well, got a got a Spider Man this, I guess, uh, because there's an oncoming roller coaster train about to ride right into that portal to who knows where." Of course, he leaves like without saying anything to Mary Jane because Peter's going to Peter, and she's like, "What? He just disappeared!" Uh, and <laughs> and of course, it's happening like after this long stretch stretch of uncharacteristic reliability. So it's like, well, geez. Uh, <laughs> finally, had some faith talking in about how great it. things have been, Peter. <laughs> right, right. I was just telling you about how great how great it was that you weren't running off and breaking off dates and being late to everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Spider-Man does manage to save the roller coaster, uh, and so all the riders are safe, but he gets sucked into the portal, of course, uh, and he does encounter Dr. Own, of course, and he tries to save Dr. Own, of course, but unfortunately, uh, he does not manage to snag Dr. Own with his webbing. He gets sucked back out of the portal and dropped on the other side of the city, where he realizes he'll never get back to Coney Island in time, uh, which means Mary Jane... Uh, will be pissed at him having disappeared because he will have no excuse. It'll take him forever to get back. He says an hour, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I've played the PS4 game and I don't <laughs> think it takes an hour to swing from one but okay, Peter. <laughs> in any case, he knows he's fucked. Meanwhile, in the portal dimension, which we're really going to see a lot of in this episode, Mm-hmm. The portals themselves begin to pull toward and ultimately stick to Dr. Own, which is weird and terrifying and, you know, never explained, but it's fine. It's weird portal shit. Who knows what the fuck these things are? Oh, back at the lab while Dr. Lopez watches a news story about these rogue portals. Dr. Own returns in this full costume spot getup, and he's like, hey, due to the extended exposure to the portal dimension, I'm now a magnet to the portals, and I'm, able, and, and I'm able to escape because I realize that the bond gave me the ability to control them. I don't really know. Like, I guess it's been a while because I don't. When did he figure this out? He's just in the portal dimension realizing he can do this, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, time has passed. When it comes to the, like uh, when interdimensional stuff, like he could have been there forever. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like theoretically, right? Yeah. Who knows how time works in that thing? 
yeah, whatever. He he knows he has the spot now. He can control the portals. <laughs> Pretty cool. He can throw out portals and shit and close them if he needs to. I think that's cool. Um, he shows off his powers and admits to Dr. Lopez that he's been falling in love with her. Um, I think they're like about to kiss, but then she's like, oh, wait, that's right. Like the end of the world is happening outside. I almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she shows him the news, the news story um, of the rogue portals and he's freaking out because obviously he, he wasn't trying, intending for mass destruction, but he's got these new powers so he can go out. Uh, he wrangles up all the loose portals. It's so cute. Cause he's like, being all polite and like treating them like he's wrangling children and everything. Mm -hmm. It's adorable. But while he does so, Kingpin checks in with Dr. Lopez and calls himself Kingpin during the conversation, which is important because as far as we knew, he should still be operating under as Fisk under his secret identity. Um, But he calls himself Kingpin directly when he's talking to Dr. Lopez. Yes, something's up with Dr. Lopez. Yeah, that genuinely surprised me. I had no idea that that was going to be the direction this was going in. Yeah, yeah. It was really strange, like, uh, because, you know, we've crossed this point where, like, Spider-Man knows that Wilson Fisk is Kingpin, so then you kind of, it's easy to sort of forget that not everybody knows that. Um, So, Mm -hmm. like, then you're reminded like, oh, that's right. He's Wilson Fisk. And then this happens. And you're like, oh, wait, shit. Like, it's just like this kind of back and forth uh, between the the Kingpin and, and Wilson Fisk stuff, which is uh, fun, fun to fun that they use it. Uh, and it's not just sort of like, well, now Spider-Man knows. So everybody knows. Yeah, exactly. I like that, too. Yes. So Dr. Own returns to the lab or the spot, I guess, returns to the lab. Um, I think he does somehow like unsuit. He like suits down. Yeah. He, like untransform i don't know well i guess because like the there's their their portals so like i but he was wearing like a suit when he was sucked in yeah it's weird like the port i i understand like the portals being able to like become part you know forming his spot costume or whatever it's more the face covering that i don't really understand because it, <laughs> it also like, like adds light to his face and stuff <laughs> and it's like i don't know how the portal's doing that maybe it's sucking from some superhero clothing dimension and putting it on him maybe i don't know yeah i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Interdimensional energy. Who knows how that works? Whatever. Exactly. It's all, it's basically magic. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So he comes back um, and Dr. Lopez lets him know like, um, Kingpin or not Kingpin, Wilson Fisk is on his way. uh, And he's like, okay, well, we cannot let Fisk know everything that we accomplished. Like we got to keep it kind of under wraps. Don't let him know that I can like control these things. That's kind of unexpected. And I want to like see what I could do with it. Um, and so when Fisk arrives, he does, he's like, well, it kind of worked, but it kind of didn't work. I can't really control it yet. And Kingpin's like, well, figure it the fuck out. Uh, meanwhile, Lopez says nothing, uh, doesn't chime in in this conversation at all, which is notable. Yeah. <laughs> so Kingpin leaves. Dr. Own tells Dr. Lopez that they'll pack up the research, start their own lab and fund it by, get this, stealing money with his new powers. The powers of the spot, as he calls himself now. Uh, There's an irony here because he hated money and then realized that he needed money Mm -hmm. in order to start his own lab. So he's going to steal it. (laughs) Capitalism is a disease. It sure is. It sure is. Also, what the fuck does... I mean, I guess we we get some clarification on this later. But like the fact that he's like, we're just going to start our own lab and nothing's going to go wrong. It'll be totally fine. Yeah, what... I'll handle it. I'll be our entire security force. Yeah. I, I'm willing to chalk it all up to just he's just super hyper excited about his new powers and not thinking really beyond that. 
Like I think you know? they also kind of they never verbalize this and they never have a dramatic shift in this. But I get the sense that being in that dimension as long as he was, even though it seemed like not that long, did like sort of mess with him because he's much more like frantic hmm. um, and he speaks kind of differently. Like he's a little bit more like yeah. manic. Um, and so I feel like, I don't know really anything about the spot um, to be totally honest, but I feel like his transformation had a sort of typical, albeit more subtle supervillain transformation effect on him. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you got the same more, sense or becomes, if it's just like, well, he becomes more of like an, he's impish, just empowered. He becomes more of like an impish kind of villain. Like, Oh, that's the perfect word for it. Yeah. Cause he's never, he's never in this episode. The thing that I like about this episode is that he's never out to harm or hurt. He's always very, but he's very mischievous, you know, like yes. he's still out for his own goals. Um, and he's having a lot of fun doing, what ultimately amounts to bad things that, you know, if you're like stealing from someone directly that does harm them, right? Like that's not a good thing to do. So like, but if you're stealing from a bank, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but, Go rob a bank kids. Just kidding. Don't do that. But you know what I mean though? It's sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there, I totally there is a difference between like doing just sort of vaguely stealing from a bank, which yeah, can like that, that, that's not like good, but it's also like, you're not directly like harming somebody, you know, like the worst that he gets is like asking politely asking Felicia for her ring to steal it, which is not a good thing to do, but it's also like one of the most harmless things that any villain on this show has ever done at the same time. Um, yeah. and it, it, which again, it's like, it's a much more mischievous sort of like imp type quality to him. And mm -hmm. I think that if you are, if you're under the assumption that he was sort of transformed in that portal, I think that that sort of makes sense. Like, his But it's unclear. It could be a, a literal transformation or it could be kind of what you had alluded to where he's just like, he's excited and he's like hyped up because of this thing he can do yeah. now and this sort of freedom he has yeah, there's like to no not be controlled by Tony Stark or Wilson Fisk. Yeah, there's like, he's, there's no consequences now because he feels like he can do anything. And I mean, I mean, his power mm -hmm. set is pretty broken, you know, like it's a... I, oh my god! I, I get it. Like the dude's kind mm -hmm. of a god, to be honest. The only reason I think Spider-Man defeats him is because Owen isn't trying to kill anybody, so he's mm -hmm. always kind of holding back. So, yeah, yeah, it's actually kind of interesting. Honestly, it's not a villain that we've yeah. we've never seen this type of villain on this show before. Really, I don't know if we've really seen this type of villain in anything we watched so far on this podcast. But the next day, Peter checks in with you know, neogenic specialist, Dr. Connors to discuss interdimensional portals. I don't really understand why that works. <laughs> Biology. <Because> scientists <laughs> know science. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if the 2000, if the 2017 show taught us anything, oh God. it's that scientists know science. That's true. Yeah. Dr. <laughs> Connors, who is now like a physics expert in, uh, in, in interdimensional travel now, uh, mm -hmm. shares that Tony Stark has publicly denied any involvement in the portals he also shares that the portals are like mini black holes, but not identical, which is important. Uh, it actually absorbs things like radio waves, but doesn't exert a strong gravitational pull. Yeah. That is an interesting explanation, actually, because it kind of solves a lot of potential problems that could come up if it was a literal black hole. So, yeah, well, I think it's I think it is more literally kind of what you described is like if the spot wasn't there to clean it up, like they would have been dangerous, but they just would have been there. Like they just would have New York city just would have had tiny black holes. Yeah. Like, yeah. It wouldn't 
rip the city apart or anything right. necessarily. Or Dr. Connors doesn't believe that that would be the case. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular enough patrons, Bo, Eric, Steve, Carl, Katie, Mike, Lillian, and Douglas. If you would like to support our show too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. Soap opera time. Peter leaves Dr. Connor's office uh, out on campus. He runs into Liz Allen. And Mary Jane Watson and Mary Jane will not speak to him. She's doing the thing where she will only speak to Peter through Liz Allen. I love that. It's so, it's so, I mean, it's so cliche, but it's like also so classic at the same time. Like Mary Jane's talking to Liz and Liz, whose only line of this entire episode is Peter, Mary Jane said, and Peter just cuts her off. Like, yeah, I I heard her. (laughs) (laughs) I love, love, love this type of situation where the person who is supposed to relay the message takes their role seriously like it. Liz does. It's like, Liz yeah. is like, well, she told me. <laughs> like, it's so fun. Yeah. It's so I love it. It's like, it's not a new joke or anything. It's not no. clever, but every time it happens, it's so funny. It, yeah. It gets me every time. Yeah. <laughs> well, he then runs into Harry Osborne. Who and sucks. Chews him out for, who sucks. Because Harry chews him out for quote, stealing Mary Jane from him. Which I just hate because Mary Jane is actually not a human being with agency. She's just property that I owned. Yeah. Um, and you stole her from me. Uh, so if you could give her back, uh, that would be great. It's also so fucking funny because this is like it's it's bad no matter what. But the fact that Mary Jane literally like took off the ring and gave it back to him and said, like, we're breaking up, basically. Like, uh-huh. it is the most explicit Mary Jane left you and went to Peter, <laughs> the right. most explicit, and still, and still, he's like, she has no agency in the situation. You tricked her. Yeah. It's like, dude, like, he sucks so much. He sucks. It is very in character for totally. you know, how he's been portrayed on this show, but good God. Good God. It's bad. I love it's the performance, bad. though. It's so over the top, but it's like, if Harry's going to suck, at least, like, voice act the hell out of how much he sucks because it is, it is the most annoying performance and the most like wienery gross performance yep. I've ever heard. But you know what? Perfect. It works. A plus. The performance of Peter reacting to this whole scenario is very good too. Like his exasperation and everything and confusion over like, what, why is this day <laughs> is really good as well. It's like really great. Yeah. Yeah. um and because he's having such a terrible day i thought this was funny too he like acknowledges how it's not really luck peter i guess part of it is but like uh he acknowledges like how unlucky or how bad of a day it is and then 
decides to try to like change his luck by being Spider-Man instead. And I was like, oh boy, you really are having a shitty day. If you're <laughs> if your solution is to suit up as Spider-Man yeah. and hope nothing bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> because of course, he suits up as Spider-Man and immediately finds a bank robbery. <laughs> as you do. Uh, and of course, it's being carried out by the spot. Um, it's important to note that at this point in the episode, we also see um briefly when it cuts from peter to spider-man in that like suiting up moment we see that there is a big portal just sort of looming over the city that presumably um isn't necessarily noticeable to people like we can see it but no one's commenting on it it's 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 high enough or concealed enough by the clouds or whatever uh, that it's just there mm-hmm. looming ominously dun 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 what could it mean? Yeah. Uh, inside the bank, after Spider-Man watches the spot just drop a huge pile of money into the portal, into a portal, he's like, oh, I guess this is the guy who made all the portals. <laughs> Checks out. So you're the one, huh? <laughs> I feel like he's lying, too. He's like, what kind of nut would break into a bank in broad daylight? Oh, that kind of nut. <laughs> yep. The Spider-Man, dude. <laughs> very casual throughout this whole like introduction to the spot. Like yeah. he, that he's like standing there being like, well, wait, but like you're trying to move all of this money. It's like how so are you going to do that? It's actually, he doesn't swing in and kick the spot. Yeah. It's good. I actually really like, <laughs> I really like all of his interactions with the spot because I think Me he, too. he deals with them in such an appropriate way. Like immediately recognizes like, this isn't going to be one of those like deadly death defying super super villain fights. It's very yeah. clear that that's the case. So let's let's talk to this guy, this weirdo and see what's mm-hmm. just I just want to know what's going on. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's funny cuz like he does, yeah, he just kind of swoops in he's like, "So, uh what you got going on here? Mm-hmm. And the spot's like, oh, you know, I'm stealing money to fund my research. Sorry. I know it's not great, but like I really need it. So and- Oopsie, I set off the alarm. Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he like, like giggles I'm... about setting off the alarm. It's so funny. Yeah, like, I must be some kind of goof just setting off. And Spider-Man's yeah. like, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. Like, you you talked about how this episode's probably more appreciated or would be more appreciated now. And, I, I like, it's actually very easy, this specific scene in the bank where Spider-Man is talking to the spot and sort of underestimating his power because he kind of just seems like a goofy, mm-hmm. silly, non-threatening villain who's like trying to do too much. Like you, I could easily see this fitting into like a Marvel MCU show. Yeah. Like this exact scene, like at pretty much written as is, could very easily fit into a Marvel show if it then escalates very quickly into like oh shit shouldn't have underestimated that guy yeah oh this is this is exactly the scene in homecoming where spider-man goes to the guys in the avengers masks uh robbing the bank and then and then they you know and then they whip out technology that he can't handle because it escalates it's it's exactly that scene with the exact humor yeah 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 so if you like the mcu you're obligated to like this episode It really it's, is. It's the fucking same. Very, yeah. It's like the same humor. It it knows how <laughs> silly this comic book bullshit is, and it has fun with it. I I love that. You know. Right. Yeah. It's it's good shit, man. Um. Yeah. Like I said, you know, by the end of this episode, I I I still think I'm gonna feel the same way where this episode is kind of forgettable by the end of it. Not forgettable. This episode is very is just like very fine by the end of it. But like when it shines, it really shines. It's really fun and really funny. Yeah. 
It's good. It's solid. Yeah. It's inoffensive. Yeah. It's... It does all the things that it should do correctly. Yeah, exactly. Without going like above and beyond. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like an A, not an A plus. Yeah. It's, fine. it's it's one of those cases where it's sort <laughs> of like it knows what it is and it's just reaching. It's not re- it's not overreaching. It's just going for yeah. what it's aiming for. And that's what it is. It's a silly fun episode with the spot. Yeah. In it. <laughs> it's pass fail and it passes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, there there is like a fun a fun first fight that they have, and I think that they do do a lot of cool fight choreography with the spites, the spite, uh, with the spite. <laughs> the spite, with the spots very unique power set because they you know they do all the things they do the things that you've seen in the comics where Spidey like punches through a portal and then it's like a million fists coming out going nowhere and he gets thrown in like his web he shoots the webbing into a portal and then the webbing like webs them all up like it's all it's all good fun stuff i kind of wish it was a little better animated but like all the the actual choreography and everything they do with it is very creative very fun Mm -hmm. exactly what i would want from an episode with somebody with the spot with the spots power set um they do some cool stuff with it and ultimately like Spidey gets webbed up from his own webbing by webbing it into the into the portal. So he's all wrapped up. Spot like threatens to drop him from above the Statue of Liberty. Um, but 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 because we know the spot is like a, a pretty decent dude, even if like a mischievous little imp at this point. He does he's not trying to kill Spider-Man. So he's like threatens him by, by dropping him, but catches him and just webs him up to the Statue of Liberty. And it's like, all right, I'll be on my way now. Thanks for the fun. And, and <laughs> portals off. Which is honestly scarier. Like, I mean, granted, he's not trying to kill you and you know that, but there's something sort of like, like unsettling about the fact that he's just, he's so powerful and he's just playing with you. Yeah. It makes him playing with you. You're a mouse and he's a cat. Yeah. It makes him feel weirdly more godlike because he's so sort of disaffected with You're like beneath him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also makes him more unpredictable too, because it's sort of like, well, yeah. Is this because he's just like kind of teetering on the edge (laughs) or is this how he's, is this how he always is? I don't know. Right. It could be either, right? It could be, he's not trying to kill you because he's not interested in killing you or he's not trying to kill you because he's, he's just on the edge and he hasn't crossed over that line yet. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Spider-Man recognizes that the spot must be a scientist to do the things that he's doing. Like there's no way he would be able to develop the technology, to do what he's doing. Plus, the spot specifically says he's stealing money to fund research. So all the pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. So Spider-Man, without Madam Web's intervention, by the way, de- determines he needs to use his brains and not his bronze to like figure the situation out. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. You learned something. She'd be so proud. You could see Madam Web throwing down a tarot card and being like, you must, a soldier must use their brains uh-huh. as much as their brawn. And you'd be like, what does that mean? What? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I love, I love this series, Madam Web, but I do feel like one of the reasons this episode is like as smooth as it is, is because they don't incorporate her in any way. Yeah. Like, like they, I, you could find number a number of places to do it, and they yeah. just they opt not to, mm-hmm. uh, and it ends up smoother for it. Yep. So he just he figures it out on his own. Got to use my brains. So he decides to modify his tracker to track radio waves because Doctor Connors told him that these portals will suck up radio waves. So theoretically, there should be a higher concentration of radio waves, or at least a weird disruption. Uh, or pattern or something of the radio waves that he can sort of lock onto. And that's how he's going to track 
the spot. Anytime that spike happens, that's where the spot will appear. Very simple, mm-hmm. very straightforward, set up earlier in the episode. I like it. Very clean. Good writing. <laughs> yeah, just good writing. And then he hitches a ride back to Manhattan on the single most horrific CGI boat that has ever existed in all of virtual space. Move over spectacular Christmas tree. This is the single worst CGI thing we've ever seen. I hated it. It was terrible. I want to set it on fire. It was so bad. The end. It's bad, but I still think the spectacular Christmas tree was worse. And I think because I guess in a vacuum, in a vacuum, this is worse, but I think the sort of the context does matter because the spectacular Christmas tree within spectacular is worse than the CGI boat in a show that does have a lot of low rendered CGI often. Yeah, anyway. that's true. I mean, Spectacular really should have known better. This show is actually like pushing things forward with regards to CGI and television uh, to a degree. So like yeah. it's, it's forgivable, but it is ugly as fuck. Oh yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> I'm so and like, it's like t- the whole scene. It's so weird. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm like not even affected by bad CGI in these cartoons by this point, especially not this show. It's just sort of like, oh, that looks awful. Okay. Well, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Doesn't it always? <laughs> this show has never rendered a whole vehicle. It's a lot. So I guess it's, it's actually like, it's actually probably an accomplishment, right? I shouldn't be shitting on it. At the time, it was probably like, we did a whole boat. Yeah, uh, but they didn't cool, I guess, but need like, it though. It looks the, like ass. There's a reason that I think that boats are usually just animated in two dimensions like i understand it's sometimes weird too th- because if you're going to use cgi why are you not using it in the portal dimension yeah why are you using it to make a boat yeah i don't get that <laughs> like i understand sometimes that you need like cars to maybe be cgi or you want them to be cgi just to have them because they move so quickly oh but, especially in modern animation yeah but sure. like boats are slow <laughs> like you yeah, don't oh, that's such a good point there's yeah no reason there's no movement reason for this to be cgi this was somebody wanting to do a flex and i commend them for that but it yeah, was the most them. it was a very unneeded flex and i wish you would have put those a- assets elsewhere like like you said making <laughs> making the interdimensional portal area the space look more you know look weirder weird. by, by and because we've seen other dimensions in the doctor strange episode and it looked weird because it was cgi yeah. so whatever yeah so strange so strange anyway <laughs> that boat <Yeah. laughs> well back in the city felicia is confused when jason brings her to a jewelry store and shows her a ring what for jason why are you showing me this beautiful ring but it quickly becomes clear that he's brought her there to propose i could see where her confusion is though because he puts it on her middle finger um, <laughs> not does. her ring finger does. i didn't even notice that you're right uh, i'm not even sure it's on the right hand either but i would have to double check yeah it's uh, also like hey, i don't whatever. know create your own tradition yeah it is it is a little <laughs> bit like not i mean everybody's everybody's proposal can is different there's not like obviously one good proposal but i do think it is like a little bit weird to propose to somebody at the jewelry store that you're buying that you're buying the ring at. Like, I don't feel there may be, there probably is a scenario where that makes sense, but at least for these people does not make any goddamn sense. And it's very, these are two rich as hell people. Yeah. And it's it's extremely unromantic. It like, doesn't seem like (laughs) Felicia's vibe. Like Felicia is clearly someone who would be, who would, who would love to be impressed by a grand display. I think based on what we know of her character. And this is like the most, like just, it's not, it's just so boring and unimaginative. Ooh, (laughs) can we detour for a second? Please. Can we imagine how different characters would like to be proposed to? Oh, boy. So Felicia, grand gesture. Yeah. Uh, starting with with Peter's like love interest, I think Mary Jane, small gesture. Yeah, right? I think so. 
Yeah. This um, this Mary Jane for sure would it would be a yeah. small gesture thing. What about Deborah? Um actually I feel like Deborah would want it to be like extremely low key, like you're just chilling out on on your couch after after like a mm. movie night with with your boyfriend and then he's like mm-hmm. hey and flash who because that's her only love interest flash would be like hey deborah oh, you want to get married and she'd be like <gasps> yeah i do <laughs> and then they'd kiss and it would just be extremely spur of the moment like j- just the moment felt right they wouldn't even have a ring or anything until later on yeah. if ever legit legit yeah what about Michael Morbius? How does Michael Morbius want to be proposed oh, to? Oh, want to be proposed to? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I See, that's the thing. I have a hard time imagining it because I feel like he's the type of person who would be adamant about wanting to be the mm. person to propose. Good call. Good call. Good call. Yeah. I think, actually, that's challenging with this show especially because I feel like most of the men are written that way. Yeah. There's very few huh. men because, like, Peter wouldn't want to be emasculated because that's right. how he would be. He would want to be the one to propose. Right. Flash wouldn't put up with that. Eddie wouldn't put up with that. <laughs> uh, hmm. How would Dr. Kafka want to be proposed to by by Eddie specifically? Oh, gosh. <laughs> even... How does Dr. Kafka want to be proposed to by Eddie? <laughs> Uh, in some sort of wildly, some sort of wild explosive display of like unprofessionalism. Like he, like, like she's breaking him out of the, 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 the sort of prison or facility or whatever he's being kept. Um, and then, and then while they're like running and he has to like pick her up to like leap over something, uh, that's when he's like, or in some sort of weird moment, that's when it's happening. It's like while she's like throwing her whole career away, like that's when it happens. <laughs> I love it. You know it. what I mean? I love it. Doctor, uh, <laughs> doctor, not doctor. Terry Lee would propose to Blade. She would propose to mm, Blade. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Because he would there never. We, Blade would be cool with it. Yeah. And I don't think he would ever think to propose. Like, I don't think yes. that that's a thing that would ever cross his mind to, yes. to escalate a relationship. Terry Lee would propose to Blade. I feel like a motorcycle would be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, while the motor, they're dry. Hmm. This is hard though. I think yeah. they're riding the motorcycle. I think that it would be like during a fight of some kind. Why? Whether they're fighting <gasps> vampires, somebody's got a sword and she's mm. like, I, and, and they just beheaded someone and she, or, or she shot someone or something like that. So did something bad. I said a backflip off the bike. I don't know. Hell it's fucking yeah. Terry Lee. And it's just like blade, marry me. And he's like, of course, or something like mm-hmm. something. He would say something cooler than I can come up with. Yeah, yeah. No, but it would be something like that. It would be like so matter of fact. Like, why are you even asking? If like yeah. to that, like that degree, but written yeah. better. Did you even have to ask? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good, how does how does the Punisher propose to his guy in the van? I think that what he would do. I think that he wouldn't ask directly. I think he would give. <laughs> give him like a gift that has a uh-huh. note in it that asks to marry him or a no- or like a very long letter that like is like a lot of all the emotions that he could never verbally he would Say never verbally own. state yeah but he's able to like express all of the pent-up emotions that he's had for years with a gift that's like extremely personal and special that you would never that comes from but a like conversation also kind of bad like it's it would be bad for most people but it's like incredibly personal and meaningful too he gives them like a gun but it's like a specific <laughs> it's like but, his favorite gun it's like or, or it's like yeah maybe yeah it's like it's like frank castle's favorite gun that like was mentioned or or something that was like mentioned in passing in a conversation that they had that you would never believe that the punisher would ever remember and it's a reference to that 
but it's Incredible. still just like a gun somehow. Perfect. I think we've figured it all out. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, Jason's proposal was just so underwhelming and bad. Good God. You know, we had to imagine some other ones. Yeah. I do have a I wanna I wanna circle back to this next yeah. week because I do have actually some ideas because I actually think Great. it's a character moment. Um Great. but it's not clear here, it just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, I, I don't even know how far we got in that scene. I think it was literally just the proposal. Um, she, she like starts once again, like an interrupted response. Um, she starts to respond and seemingly not that favorably, I guess. No, she's like, um, why are you proposing say, to me? She the, seems pretty put off. Why are you proposing to me in the middle of the jewelry store right now? Uh-huh. This is weird. Is this how we're doing this? Jason? Um, and uh, luckily for her, I guess, uh, the spot shows up and, like you said, politely asks for her very expensive looking ring. Um, but because he shows up, Spider-Man's tracker picks up on that radio wave reading. Yeah. So Spider-Man drops in. He attempts to pick up where he left off with the spot because spot really did just literally leave him hanging on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> um, but once again, doesn't really make any headway. Spot just sort of like zips out of there um, and Spider-Man's going to follow him. But Felicia, see, this is what's so funny to me, uh, sort of picking up that thread that you, that you were on uh, earlier. Felicia, like right in front of Jason, is just like, where have you been? I've missed you. You haven't even been around. Like, I haven't even seen you. Like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, and of course, Spider-Man's like, we can never be together. And then leaves. Yeah. Awkward. Very dramatic. Very dramatic mm-hmm. and awkward. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Felicia, like, Th- this, thinks of herself. This is a good like moment in in favor of what you're talking about because jason there's nowhere to be seen he's like not even like he should theoretically be like screaming and throwing things and like smashing a jewelry case and he's just sort of like all right like he's she's like (laughs) in a she like thinks of herself as like being in a romance novel and oh yeah he's just and i think that it's just he's just like yeah it's just what she does i guess (laughs) yeah i just it's uh, it's it's so. I think maybe because Jason just sucks so much. He I does. just imagine it's like worst case scenario where he's just like, it's it's. I want it to be what you what you're saying, uh, but he probably just like thinks she's silly, like a silly oh, yeah. girl with a crush. I do think that that's the reality of it because he does suck. Um, yeah. but I do, but I think like it could be one thing, like the one character beat that he has that doesn't suck is that like he's just not super fucking yeah. uh, super fucking over. Uh, overprotective or overly jealous or overly um, possessive of Felicia, like which there's it doesn't that that I, that so far checks out. It doesn't seem like he is. So yeah, you know it's it, look it's all it's all he's got. So I've got to yeah, I've got to hold on to the it. one I, thing I, you can I, cling on to for Jason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> Jason Phillips respects women. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Remember when he asked her on a date while he was, while oh, her right. foundation was courting him as a donor? Mm, never mind. Forgot about that. That was bad. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. He would still tell you he respects women, though. Yeah, he would. Definitely would. He loves women. <laughs> Feminist icon. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> So the spot returns to uh, to his and Dr. Lopez's lab. But this big reveal, Lopez is reporting the full results of their research to Kingpin <gasps> behind their back. 
Oh no. She's working. She's in is she's in league with Kingpin. I really legitimately didn't see any of this coming. Like I I I could have I I think I even missed like Kingpin referring to himself as Kingpin at first viewing. Like for mm-hmm. me this was sort of like holy shit, is she going to be like a villain, like a turncoat thing? Like is she she a mole in this situation? God damn. So Owen confronts her, um, but it's not, it's not as bad as it, it's not as bad right. as it seems. So she, I wish it were though. Uh, that would have been badass. That would have been a wild twist. So basically yep. it's more like she is sort she knows that Fisk is Kingpin. He has, he has stuff on her. Like she just can't, she, she is basically ha- is forced to work for him. We don't know like exactly how she ended up involved in Kingpin business, but it, it's from how it sounds and how it's all implied. It's more like she's holding, he's holding her hostage hostage. He's got some kind of information over her head. She literally says he owns me. Yeah. So whatever it is, it's like a big deal. Yeah. There's, she can't escape him for whatever reason. Um. So, she's not being a villain or whatever. She's like being forced to work for him, which, you know, obviously still not great. She's still betrayed own, but like, it's a little more sympathetic, I guess it's, it's, you know, and she does it because she's like, I don't want you to get hurt. Cause I know what Kingpin can do. And yeah. You're clearly planning to like go up against him. Yeah. Like she recognizes he's the New York's biggest crime Lord. And that, that is important. So Owen is like, okay, cool. I've got all these great powers. I can't, I will not fail. If I take on Kingpin, there's no way he can beat me. So he just straight up teleports directly to Kingpin's, Kingpin's office. No plan. No other thinking. He just shows up, threatens Kingpin, and then Kingpin reveals he's already holding Lopez hostage. Look, I get where Owen's coming from. Like, in theory, like, yeah, Kingpin's got shit on his powers, but, like, it's the charging in with no plan and underestimating Kingpin that's the problem. Yeah. Like his power set, like you said, is like super OP. Yeah. So like, when did he kidnap her? I'm assuming that, so it's his facility. He owns the lab that they work at. And I'm assuming that that lab is guarded. So he probably just ordered the guards that are already there to seize. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I guess they're in the same building, aren't they? Yeah. He should. Well, they're maybe they're. The guards and Lopez are in the same building already. There are theoretically guards at the lab. The lab, though, isn't at Kingpin's place. He shows her on a monitor. So I don't think she has oh, technically yeah. left the lab. That makes sense. Probably the minute that that own showed up, he's like, okay, press the button. They're there with guns. Yeah. yeah that, that That's what I out. assumed, at least. That makes, out. That, makes, that makes sense. It is very fast, though. It is, like, comically fast. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like, but weren't you just hanging out with her? Oh, okay. <laughs> Like I already, yeah. I kidnapped her 35 minutes ago. You were just there though. I just saw her. <laughs> <laughs> Look, time in the portal dimension is very wonky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, still tracking the portals. Spider-Man gets a ping from, you know, the, the radio waves again and finds the spot just hanging out on a rooftop. And he even notes like, that's weird. He's just standing there, which means he shouldn't have. Just like a walked up to him, but okay. But Don't but, trust but, your instinct, but you know, I mean, but it's also like he's. I feel like he learned his. He's learned his uh, don't swoop in and kick people on the face lesson previously. That's true. And it did. And Spot's not trying to kill him, right? Like he's already established that like the best way really to approach him is to 
just walk up and talk to him because if he did try to fight him right off the bat, like spots gonna <laughs> throw a portal at him and he'll yeah. lose. Like it's, it's already been established. So okay. I think it's probably was That's the best, the I best thing to do. I can't praise him for not swinging in one moment and then like shit on him the next time yeah. he does it. Yeah. Cause I mean, and, and for all he knows, like, yeah, the spots not doing anything bad in this moment anyway. So maybe this is a good time to just show up and talk to him. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, well, that's not what they do. They fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this time, uh, Spider-Man's able to sort of take advantage of the fact that the portals are, as he calls them, a two-way street. And he does kind of gain the upper hand against Spot. I would argue, though, that Spot was not, like, putting 100% no. into this one. Because he doesn't really want to fight Because he's fighting Spider-Man. on Kingpin's behalf. Yeah. He's not, he's not fighting Spider-Man like, because he wants to. Yeah, I mean, we even see it because, you know, Spider-Man gets a punch on him. It's great. And Spot's just like, ah, and he just, like, kind of sits down and has his like, hands <laughs> and his face Poor in his guy. hands. And it's just like, oh, I'll never get her back. And Spider-Man's mm-hmm. like, okay, there's clearly more going on here. You're yeah. not trying to kill anybody. You're you're just, like, a silly man with portals. What's going on? Just tell me what's happening. Um, Honestly? I love it. This This episode... It doesn't draw the direct connections, but there are multiple things that Spider-Man does in this episode that you can argue trace back to the lessons that he has most recently learned from Madam Web in mm. the past few episodes. That's a good point. Because he uses his brain instead of his brawn when he recognizes that that's going to be more beneficial. He considers why Spot is doing what he's doing or that something else could be going on instead of just tackling the problem head on. Mm-hmm. So like... The lessons he's been learning yeah. over the course of the season are represented right here. And we just got the lesson with with like Venom, your your you know, keep your enemies or keep your friends close, enemies closer. This is a guy who's his enemy. He can be close with his enemy. <laughs> well, they're about to collaborate in like yeah. two seconds. Yeah. So, so actually it's a good point. These are yeah. Wait, greatest episode of the season? Just kidding. Um <laughs> but it is good. It's good. It's it is just furthering the idea that there's no reason to call this the worst episode of the series. This is definitely like an episode that I think is a very necessary puzzle piece that fits into yeah. the flow of the season. I think if you pulled this one out, I do think that you'd run into a lot of trouble. Um Yeah. It's know. doing a thankless job and 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 I don't know that it it it, it could have shined for sure, like you pointed out ways early on in our discussion, how it could have shined a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I agree with that, but ultimately it's just doing a thankless job, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, and that's fine. It definitely feels like a transition episode to sort of just like set up, continue some threads and then set up a bunch of other threads for the next two episodes, which is fine. I think yeah. it does all of those things admirably or at the very least like adequately, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll cut to Kingpin's office, uh, where a portal opens and the spot walks through, carrying a limp and seemingly unconscious Spider-Man. Weird, that's not how we expected things to go. Uh, but Kingpin's like, this is great. You defeated Spider-Man. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the thing that always works, and I'm going to unmask Spider-Man. Right? Wrong. Spider-Man <laughs> wakes up because he was in cahoots with the spot, of course. Uh, and he catches Kingpin off guard and actually flips Kingpin over his own desk. It's a pretty big deal. Love it. It's a big dude. Love it. Yeah. yeah, they get to fight. They fight a little bit. They really, they do fight a little bit. They, a little they, bit. They haven't had a chance to really like actually come to blow. Well, yeah, because Spider Man only very recently even learned that Kingpin was Fisk. This is kind of the first time they really actually like legit fought each other, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, you know, and yeah, it's not much. Uh, it's Kingpin does a Kingpin thing where he just like grabs Spider Man and tries to crush him. He's like, yeah. my body fat percentage Effective. is only two percent. 
And actually, I am 350 pounds of muscle, which is... I don't think it works. I think this is detrimentally specific. They shouldn't have even written numbers here because, look, I understand that that he has a very strange and, like, quote, like, unrealistic body in the fact that, like, he's that big and it's seemingly no fat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Just, like, the shape of him. But... If he only has 2% body fat and that's his size and he's probably like seven feet tall. Yeah. Like that's this man what it would look like. weighs like 700 pounds. Right. That's the thing is that like 350, and that's fine. 350 pounds isn't really a lot. <laughs> no. 350 pounds is seven feet tall. Well, right. 350 pounds a lot isn't a lot as in, in fat really like con- con- considering what no. he's supposed to look like. But then muscle is even heavier. So. Right. It, yeah, it does. There's in in you no can, universe does this check out. You can Google a picture of somebody who's 350 pounds and all muscle, and they do not look like Kingpin. No, yeah. I'm not saying that you should change what he looks like. Just you know, no, yeah. I mean, this is this is like 700 pounds of muscle. What he looks like is fine. Yeah, just don't say number. I mean, and even if like I don't I don't love the whole like it's all muscle. Like I think it's fun if he's just if he's a fat guy who's it's just fine very if strong, he's just fat. It's but, actually less unsettling if he's just yeah, fat. But if they wanted, but if they if they wanted to do the like I'm mostly muscle thing, which I know is a thing that it, that often comes up, and I think it's a it's a fun thing to write as a turnaround on fat jokes. I guess I don't like it, but I get it. Like, yeah. I, then don't say just say that. I'm only 2% body it's all fat. Muscle. It's all muscle or not even the 2%. Just say I'm, I'm more muscle than fat or something like that. There's a, there's yeah. a good way you can write it without having the numbers. Yeah. Yep. Whatever. And if he's always the one saying it's all muscle, then the, it leaves a little bit of ambiguity where people in the room don't have to believe him. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then they underestimate him and he kicks their ass. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Exactly. Look, exactly. the whole point here is that clearly these people didn't know what a 350 pound man looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and ultimately it's all just to say, wow, this guy is very, very, very strong. Yep. Big, strong man. Big, strong man. Yeah. <laughs> gives, gives, gives very, very good hugs. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah. <laughs> if your good hug ends in dying, then yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gives, yep. The best hug. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he can't really do much. Uh, instead of, you know, crushing Spider-Man and tearing him in half. Uh, I actually really, I like this scene a lot too, because it's so fun that like, oh no, they're coming to blows. Spider-Man is finally going to fight Kingpin. Oh no, Kingpin's going to kill him. Wait. Oh shit. There's a big portal on the television that's growing over New York, has the potential to become an actual black hole and destroy the whole world. And Kingpin's like, okay, well, I don't want that to happen. All right, guys, let's figure this out. And everybody just Mm -hmm. stops fighting. Kingpin lets him go. Everyone's just kind of standing around and talking and just being like, so what's happening here? How can we figure this out? <laughs> I love it. It's I great. think it's so fun. Let's cause yeah. Cause nobody wants, I think Kingpin comments on it later. It's just like, he does nobody, none of the people in this room want the world to end. And that's right. what's going to happen with a giant black hole over New York. Nobody wants that. Everybody knows that it's in all of their best interests to work together and nobody has issues about it. Like I love that. Yeah. I love it. Well, this it's is really good because Kingpin, Kingpin is smart. Like he, he's big and he's strong, but his, his honestly, his biggest thing is that he's smart. If you're talking villains, like that's a huge piece. He's a strategist. He knows the pieces on the board. He manipulates people. Like he's his superpower, yeah, it's strength, but really it's being like a crime lord yeah. and a damn good one, right? Mm-hmm. So like he knows, he knows what his interests are. Yeah. He knows what's important, and he's 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 rational. He's going to be one of the most rational superheroes you're, or uh, supervillains uh, that you're going to run into. So yeah, this makes perfect sense. And then like 
this is where he notes that Spider-Man is a scientist and is like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Note that. We could work with that, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, when Landon questions, like, why Kingpin stopped and why he's working with him, this is the quote right here. Kingpin says there's not profit in the destruction of the planet. It's very bad for business, <laughs> which makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, That's exactly what Kingpin would be interested in. Kind of wish, like, more real-life billionaires also had that mentality, but guess what? They don't. Uh-huh. So, cool. Yeah, Kingpin, environmentalist icon. <laughs> He's like, wow, is Kingpin the one good billionaire? The crime lord is the only good billionaire? Cool, that's where we're at, isn't it? I love, I love, I love the like solar punk AU where like everything is exactly the same except Kingpin saved the planet and we live in like an environmentalist <laughs> utopia, but he's still in charge of the underground God. like crime syndicate. Why does America <laughs> suck so fucking badly? <laughs> Jesus. Oh boy, how much time you got? Christ. <laughs> yep. Kingpins, yep, yep. kingpins what we aspire to. I know, right? Love it. Wow. Kingpin like literally gives them a jet. Talk about the bar being in hell. Yeah, I know. he literally is just like, okay, here is everything you might need to solve this problem. Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, no, we're not even going to argue about it. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you that jet runs on alternative fuel. Probably so. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. A, probably an electric jet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Spots now got his uh his original equipment to boost his power. He's got it all strapped up to his body. So he's got like a, he's a boosted spot. He and uh Spider-Man are flying in a jet piloted by Lopez cuz that's of a course. thing she can do, I guess. Sure. <laughs> One more kid. Scientists know science, so she knows aeronautics. We have two too. character beats for Lopez that she has wild hair and that she's a scientist. Now we have three. She knows how to fly a jet. So. That's why her hair is so wild. It's because she's always flying about and not securing her hair. Oh, so actually, really, then we only know two things about her. So you actually made it worse. <laughs> Great. She was a, she was all she was on the road to being a fully fleshed out character. Then he had to combine these two aspects of her into one thing. But now there's uh, an explanation for the hair. Yeah, sure. I guess, I guess so. <laughs> it works. Uh. Whatever. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, so they're all the three of them are there at this black hole in the sky. They use Owen's equipment and the power of the jet itself to increase the spot's power. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't work. Uh, it's still still not closing. The so spot's like, actually, I think the only way I can close this is by going in because my power is like exponentially bigger when I'm inside of the portal. So he begins to throw himself in. But Dr. Lopez is like, no, 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 I don't want you to kill yourself. I love you. So she throws herself into his into into his arms uh, as they are going into the portal. And then they both go into the portal and it closes on them. So they're together in death and or an interdimensional portal to somewhere. It's kind of weird that two episodes in a row kind like of it. end the same way. I don't like it. I think that this was a real misstep for the ending. I think that this is a thing that I, I really think up until this point, I, I'm really enjoying the episode. And I think this is the point where it's sort of like it feels like it's a very tacked on forced tragic supervillain end that didn't need to be there. Feels like a repeat of last week. The only diff, literally the only difference from last week is that instead of Dr. Kafka going in with Eddie, 
Dr. Lopez does go go in with the spot. That's the only difference. Um, And I don't think it helps the episode. They try to have have Peter reflect on the sacrifice or whatever, but I don't think it matters or makes any difference or like helps Peter's character development really ultimately. Um, I think you could make an argument for like what happens at the end of the season. Maybe that it sort of plays into that somehow, but I don't even really think that works. I think that they should have kept this a light fun episode and it could have been a light fun ending where the spot escapes with Sylvia or, or, or if they did this and made it seem like it was a tragic end for them that was repeating last week. Um, but then instead have like a cutaway at the end of the episode where they're like hanging out in the Bahamas together. Cause that's where the poor, I was literally on. just thinking like, have them drop on a tropical Island. Yeah. Like, drinking cocktails. Yeah. I think that that would be a super fun ending. I think it would fit the tone <laughs> of this episode, especially as yeah. sort of a breather episode. Peter could still have the same reflection that he, that he has. I don't think it would undercut it at all. I know that, that they don't have any time for this show because it's super fast, but like it would take like 10 seconds. I think you could find some way to fit that in. I think it would help that, that this episode exponentially because this sort of tragic end does not fit into the tone, doesn't work with it. And I think like, yeah, it just feels like a retreat what we've already seen and 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 soapbox number three <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't hate it as much as you do i just am like underwhelmed by it i just was sort of like yeah. okay it's super of, weak whatever it's just super weak but everything you made makes a lot of sense for sure and i, I don't disagree with any of it at all mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so back on the ground and after the dust settles peter like you said reflects on that sacrifice and is basically like oh my god they were willing to like sacrifice their whole ass selves to save the planet like i'm trying to figure out how to just be like peter and spider-man and have a girlfriend and like live so like should i be considering maybe like i can't have it all either like should i give up being spider-man for mary jane yeah like but the thing i just the, disappeared on her again so like, i get that. Having those thoughts again that's a good connection but then but he also also is sort of like but at least they had each other in the end and like i don't really i don't uh and, and i think that's only I think there it's like, because of like the it's whole. weird because it's like they're i think it's it's two things they're sacrificing themselves for the planet but i think he's also seeing it as like sacrificing themselves to be with each other which i think is what sparks this idea that Mm. like should i sacrifice something of myself to be with mary jane okay that like i think it's more that than it is the actual like planet part yeah i think that that yeah they saved the planet but like it doesn't really make any sense because he (laughs) believes that they killed themselves to be together like which means they're not to get but i don't don't like that (laughs) i don't know no i don't think he necessarily believes that though i think it's more like wherever yeah, they they're are not dead but they're, they're like tra- wherever yeah, yeah yeah wherever they are they're together yeah um which you know i mean that's that is a very romantic proposition i don't necessarily ascribe by that but mm-hmm. that's a very typical you know typical romance thing i get i totally get it um yeah. i just didn't need, need it i think in this episode <laughs> and i yeah you know well <laughs> i i think it's i mean given that it happens i think this reflection he's having is fine i'm I am more weirded out by what happens next because he runs into Mary Jane mm-hmm. and she like teases him kind of for running off again. And Peter like takes it seriously, not the teasing, but like the having run off on her mm-hmm. and begins to promise like, I'm never going to do that again. Like leading us to believe that even if he's not giving up Spider-Man, he's going to at least dr- like pull back on it mm-hmm. so that he can keep that promise. And then Mary Jane like counters that and is like, no, actually it's your job. Like I have to understand that it's fine. Like I, I'll put up with it because I love you. And then like 
all is totally fine and forgiven, which is fine. Like it, it, it's mm-hmm. nothing that couldn't be healthy about it. She's, she's chalking it up to like, I have chosen to be with a guy who has a very difficult job. Mm-hmm. I have to sort of live with that. But it was so kind of like abrupt and different from the tone at the beginning of the episode. I legitimately thought Derek that like, this isn't Mary Jane, is it? <laughs> like I legitimately <laughs> thought like this is so weird like who is this this is chameleon like, is, is this chameleon <laughs> is this like somebody is she hypnotized again like what's going on here this is so weird yeah the more I think about it the more it makes sense like the more I think about it just from the fact that like she doesn't know Spider-Man she just knows Peter is a a photographer who's known for getting like yeah. these really difficult dangerous shots yeah. like it makes sense but it was so it in the moment, it felt so weird. I think it's simple. I think it's, it's it's as simple as that we were missing a scene where Mary Jane comes to this conclusion. Because I think the problem is that we we only see her in like three scenes in this episode. So we never get to see her independently making any change to her behavior. Or not yeah. her behavior, her thought process. And, and it's like she goes from like, Peter, I'm glad you haven't run off. I'm now mad at you for running off and not talking to you. And then we never see her again until she's like, it's all fine. I figured it out. Like, and it's like the story is there. I understand everything, but Mm -hmm. it's, 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 you only understand it after being away from the scene and going back and thinking about it because it is so jarring in it because we haven't seen her independently come to this conclusion because you would expect it to be a scene where she's talking to Liz yeah. and, and is, and, and she's like, Oh wow. Another picture in the bugle from, from Peter and, and Mary Jane's like, Oh yeah, I guess he's a photographer. That is his job. He did get that great shot. I I really should understand that. That's, that's who I'm in love with is someone who's going to have to run off to get those shots. Like yeah. it all makes sense. And you can imagine that she had that conversation or that thought process. We just didn't see it. And like, mm-hmm. we don't need to see it, but it it's impossible for the scene to not feel jarring because we haven't seen it. Yeah. It's also hard too, because Peter's literally just talking about like, maybe I should give more in this relationship. Yeah. And, and she's like, no, Mary don't. Jane's like, no, I'll give everything. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Poor Mary Jane. <laughs> it's like, we don't need to compromise anything. It's yeah. all the weights on my shoulders now. I'll <laughs> no just smile deal. through the pain because I love I'll you. I'll just say it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's something I wasn't expecting because I hadn't looked ahead yet. Um, this episode ends with our favorite villain, Hobgoblin, mm-hmm. talking on the phone with somebody who identifies as a, quote, spy within Kingpin's organization. Interesting. Uh, and he shares that you know, it's ridiculous that Kingpin let this interdimensional travel technology slip through his fingers and he's going to get his hands on it and use it right. Aren't you excited to see Hobgoblin again? <laughs> Look, maybe? I don't yeah, know. Sure. I hate the way they've used Hobgoblin. So, yeah. like, if 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 this third season is really John Semper trying to, like, own that first season and improve upon it mm-hmm. maybe yeah if i'm being optimistic because we haven't have we seen <laughs> if there are less pumpkin bombs <laughs> have we seen him since the x-men two-parter in the set in the second season mm-hmm. i don't think we have was he in when when did that happen in relation to the tablet of time wasn't he in that was was, was x-men after that was he in tablet of time wasn't he i don't i didn't think he was i thought he came back at some point just and huh. I, just to be obnoxious, but maybe I'm just maybe I'm just conflating my least favorite episodes altogether. I I don't think he was in Tablet of Time because I think that that was all like hmm actually 
I think he was trying to get the Tablet of Time. Wasn't he also trying to get it? I'm going to Google this. I really don't. I can't. I feel like pumpkin bombs were somehow involved. <laughs> but my memory is very unreliable. He does not. The last time, yeah, last time he appeared was working with Landon. Maybe I'm just thinking of like the the Vulture. <laughs> Wasn't Vulture involved in all that? Not until the episode after. <laughs> Oh, I'm just putting them together. The Tablet yeah. of Time and Ravages of Time or whatever. Well, no, it's like Tablet of Time and Ravages of Time, but then there's also the Vulture stuff once he, Vulture using the Tablet of Time in the in the, the two-parter that ended the season. Gotcha. Yeah. So no, Hobgoblin. I don't know what I'm thinking of then. Yeah, we haven't seen Hobgoblin since the X. Ex- well, you're thinking of two things that suck. Like that's, that's really what it is. Cause we yeah, do lop, we lop all that stuff together. Cause that's all, that's kind of the, we worst. do always bring all of them up at the same, same time. time. I think that's exactly what it is. I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't. And, 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 and the tablet time episodes are such a fucking mess that like they had so many characters in it and stuff. So I, I get it. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So we're finally, finally getting to see him again. Will he get his redemption? We'll see. I mean, he's already way more chill. Uh, yeah. so just talking and I'm not mad for more Mark Hamill no absolutely I think it's funny that he's just like to see Hobgoblin in his full Hobgoblin regalia talking on just like a cell phone yeah <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny like, <laughs> pretty like slim sleek cell phone for the time yeah right? actually yeah I think when so, was his 96 like nice little flip phone that I feel like we had you know 10 years later so yeah 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 well Kingpin makes a bunch of really great faces in this episode but my favorite is the one where he like looks up to the sky, puts his hands up and is like, what? Who? Me? <laughs> Couldn't be me. That's not really what he's saying, but it looks like he should be saying that. Yeah. It's fun. It's very funny. It's and really it's very funny. like out of character. It's so uncharacteristic for him. Yeah. It's so good. It's such yep. a good frame. And it's a brief moment, but it was a very intentional, not a mistake frame. So I like it. Yeah. Yeah, so worst episode ever, huh, Doug? It's the worst. Oh, yeah, clearly so clearly earned that title. Yeah. No, it's just, I've said it so many times, it's just a solid, inoffensive, well-put-together, clean episode with, like, a few things that, that could probably improve it. But I, mm-hmm. I honestly don't even think it's the type of episode that, had I not, you know, been preparing for a podcast discussion, I don't think I would have walked away from watching this episode... And been like, wow, that really needed some work, huh? Yeah. Like, I would have just been like, that was fine. Yeah. That was, that was, I, I have no issues, really. <laughs> it's just, it's so weird to me that people are mad about this episode. It's so, it's just so clean and inoffensive and largely unremarkable. Yeah. Like, just, I think I it's don't know. pretty, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty on par with like what the majority of the season is given out. You know, like I think that this, I think that the season has been pretty consistent generally. And then there's like mm-hmm. a couple of really good standouts and then everything is like a decent episode. There hasn't really been like a bad one in the bunch, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, which I think is, I think is really saying something for this show, which uh, up until this point, this season had been very hit or miss. So uh, I think that kind of says something to just turn out just like a solid episode. I do think that what I want from, I think that had, if, if this were being made today, I know a lot of stuff will be different, but like if somehow the 90s show in this form are being made roughly now, I do think that they would have been a little more aware of like just making this just a comedy episode. And I think it mm-hmm. would have been very effective because when it is a comedy episode, I think it shines a lot. And I think that they would have went a lot more full bore with making it that and making it stand out as that. But as it stands, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I think it would have been stronger either as a straight up comedy and more of a standalone type entry that like fits the themes 
or I think they could have like improved the serialization hooks in either direction mm-hmm. and that would have improved it too. Like yeah. either, either way it would like, yeah. you know, yeah, very, very little simple things, not drastic, big change. Honestly, I think this is like, it is, I think a technically better put together and like more streamlined episode than a lot of episodes we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think like the themes and stuff are stronger for like rocket racer, but like, this is a cleaner episode than that. For sure. Yeah. And the spot's just kind of a fun villain. Like regardless yeah. of how he's portrayed, his power set is just so unique and fun. And the kind I of love thing when he's like sitting in his portal. Yeah. Like with his, with his hand on his chin. <laughs> it's so funny. I would love to like sort of see the spot in live action somehow. Like I, I think it would, I a hundred percent. Yeah. I think it would be really cool. I mean, considering what they've already done with like Dr. Strange and portals, I think that like this, doing a more kind of like frantic manic version of that with like dark portals would be really cool to see on screen. Yeah. I think it would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I very sincerely would love to see a live action version of the spot. Yeah. I think it's kind of inevitable to be honest. I know that's a weird thing to say, but because the MCU does like really bizarre deep cuts for its secondary villains a lot of times. Um, I think that I could sort of see the spot being like a weird pull <laughs> as like a short villain to have in a, in, in a, in a Marvel movie. Like, or, I, or even in some, in certain shows. Yeah. I think yeah. He could work. Like, cause like, okay, I don't know exactly what route they're going to take with Ms. Marvel, but Ms. Marvel, some Ms. Marvel is perfect. Like Kamala Khan is perfect for like weird, wacky, sort of like B-list villains. It's like, it's, it's, it's the, it's a match made in heaven. She would, she would be perfect for the spot. I don't really know what they're doing with her or what her story is going to be. So I don't know exactly, but like he would so easily fit in as a villain for her. That isn't a focus, but as one of those villains that it's like you again, like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I don't know. Cool. Cool stuff. Well, if you'd like other cool stuff, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. I feel like I've used that transition like many, many times. Never. So many times. I've never heard it before. So many times. Well, (laughs) you can also check out our Discord link in the show notes. Otherwise, if you'd like to chat with us on other places on the internet, where can we find you, Doug? You can chat with me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast where I get together with my friends and talk about Pokemon just as I feel like it. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming where my friends Katie, Vicky, and I catch up on all the media we have been consuming lately what about you derek find me on twitter at derek b gale and you can find my youtube channel second chance which is a video essay series that looks at bad or divisive media from a positive lens if you'd like to check out more from both of us we have a monthly podcast called falling with style an ongoing pixar movie marathon we're watching every pixar film chronologically our episode on inside out is out right now wherever you get your podcasts you can also visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com where we have a full archive of all the podcasts we're doing together. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all your podcast platforms. It really helps other people find what we're doing. And if you like what we're doing, other people probably also like what we're doing. Next week, get ready, get strapped I'm in. Ready. 
get your strapped in. Get your gliders all all fueled up and amped up and ready to go because it's the Goblin War. Oh hell yeah! In the episode Goblin War exclamation point. Hell yeah, we're excited. Hell yeah, because it says we should be. Should be. Bye. Bye. Bye.